Daniel show and I'm the Daniel and the frankly part of this enterprise it's my weekly exercise of our First Amendment rights and it's an honor to be with you today so much to cover so much to say so let's jump right in here at the start I ask you to remember that Abe Lincoln said a house divided cannot stand please keep this in mind as we go through the show today I often get asked what all the chaos and hostility in our country is about it's about the goals of American Marxists. I, I know, I sound like another conspiracy theorist, but I assure you, I'm not. And I'm hardly the first to suggest that what's going on today is all about the goals of our homegrown American Marxists. If you know anything about Joe Biden or have watched him for the last 45 years as a senator and as a vice president, none of what he's doing, none of his policies today or anything like the moderate Democrat Joe Biden has professed to be for the past 60 years. People don't change their stripes at his age. <laughs> I can attest to that. There's something else going on. Unfortunately, Joe has made a deal with the devil for the pleasure of being the president. I don't believe and I don't think you do either that Joe's calling the shots in the White House. Hear me now and please believe me soon. But American Marxists are not playing at the edges of our political system. They're out to crush it and replace it with a sick hybrid system of socialism and Marxism, and they're using race as a wedge and a fulcrum to set us at each other's throats. We're in the combat of our lifetime. We haven't been this divided since the American Civil War. And as a lifelong student of that war, it gives me no comfort to make this comparison. So remember... A house divided cannot stand. This is the true key to understanding all that's going on from the political left today in America. Let me put it this way. You've all seen the terrible, incredibly terrible, and shockingly sudden collapse of the Hightower condominium structure this week in Miami. What a shock. I can't imagine having a family member asleep in that building, one minute there, peacefully asleep, and the next minute gone forever. But I'm telling you, this god-awful tragedy is a metaphor for the corrupt and corrosive nature of what the left is up to today in America. They're tugging and pulling and hammering at every inch of concrete and every inch of rebar holding our social and political structures together. Like the newly woke parents rallying against the poison of critical race theory being poured into their children's brains, we must stand up now and let our congressmen and women, our senators, and everybody locally know that we expect them to battle the evils of the Biden administration at every turn. If you have the opportunity, please get involved in your community's political activities. Remember, all politics are local. It's where we can all get involved and make a difference. Now, before I jump further into the show, allow me to, to sincerely thank you for your kind and continued positive responses to the Frankly Daniel Show each and every week. This audience is growing. Please tell your friends, especially your conservative friends, about the Frankly Daniel Show and about the America Out Loud radio network. And should you have any sane liberal friends left, please turn them on to this show. Heck, they may even actually learn something. 
So let's start anew, and let me ask you, how's it going? You know, we're at the five-month mild post. I mean, we've started on the sixth month of Joe Biden's tenure as president of these United States. Or at least it's the start of Susan Rice's sixth month in charge of the American Marxists in the White House, including Jill and Pinocchio Joe. I can imagine Joe singing to himself in the shower each morning. I've got no strings to hold me down, to make me fret or make me frown. There are no strings on me. But, Joe, there's nothing but strings holding you up, and those pulling them are hiding behind the curtains. Yes, this is the Frankly Daniel Show, and frankly, I'm surprised we still have a country to be worried about. Never in my wildest dismay did I think that Susan Rice and other not-so-deep-state American Marxists could put this nation in such peril so soon. I think we knew their number one plan was to dismantle and unwind the Trump accomplishments as soon as possible. To that end, now on day 155, I ask you, how many executive orders has Joe signed? Are we up to 150 or is it 175 executive orders? I lose track. Don't you suspect that Joe hasn't a clue what he's signing when he sits down with a stack of pens and a smirk on his face? Each one Joe signs he believes is another nail in Donald Trump's coffin. But watch out, Joe, and those pulling Joe's strings. Trump's not coffin material just yet. And the Make America Great Again movement, 75 million strong of us, is growing and it's retooled and ready for battle. Just reflect on this for a moment. If only Donald Trump were still president, how different America would be right this minute. Don't count Trump out or his ability to select and support the new Republican president come 2024. Yes, if only Donald Trump were still president, and we know he rightly should still be president. But if he were still in the White House, making America great again, we wouldn't be negotiating with Iran on how we could bribe them with sanctions relief or pallets of hard cash in hopes they'd allow us back into what was a terrible no-nukes agreement to begin with. Here's the mighty United States of America, with Joe nodding his head in agreement with the wimpy leaders in Europe, hoping to convince the Iranians to hold off announcing until sometime next year they'll have the bomb ready the day the agreement expires. Yes, if only Donald Trump were still president. Israel would know it still has a devoted, honest, and loyal friend in the White House. When Hamas decided to launch 5,000 missiles into Israel earlier this month, wasn't there a stretch of time when you weren't sure if the Biden administration was going to back Israel? And while the Biden administration finally said we'd pay for replacing the thousands of rockets Israel had to fire to intercept the Hamas incoming missiles, Biden also sent hundreds of millions of dollars to the Palestinians in Gaza, where the headquarters for Hamas reside. Yeah, if only Donald Trump were still president, there wouldn't have been a moment of doubt as to where the United States stood. And where does the United States stand with the Abraham Accords? Are the Arab nations who've made peace with Israel concerned about Biden's push to get back and to the Europeans' deal with the Iranians? Well, I hope not. If only Donald Trump were still president, we wouldn't be paying back the World Health Organization millions of dollars to pretend we're going to shake the truth out of China over the origins of COVID-19 
After all, what's another $200 million down the United Nations sick rabbit hole? Joe doesn't care. It's all about appearances. Joe just wants the Europeans to like him. Remember, according to Joe, America is back and he's spending whatever's necessary to rejoin the club of elite globalists. Joe's building back better club upgrades with our tax money. Listen to this audio clip of Peter Ducey of Fox News asking Joe a question at Joe's post-Putin meeting in Geneva about the G7's determination to get to the bottom of why China won't tell us the truth about the origins of COVID-19. said that you were going to press China. You signed on to the G7 communique that said you, the G7 were calling on China to open up to let the investigators in. But China basically says they don't want to be interfered with anymore. So what happens now? The impact, the world's attitude toward China as it develops. China's trying very hard to project itself as a responsible and a very, very forthcoming nation. That They are trying very hard to talk about how they're taking and helping the world in terms of COVID-19 and vaccines. And they're trying very hard. Look, certain things you don't have to explain to the people of the world. They see the results. Uh, so do you believe China is, quote, trying very hard, very hard to be a responsible and very forthcoming country? <laughs> what, what does China have on Joe and the Biden family? Biden says he hasn't made his mind up yet as to whether he believes COVID's source is a lab leak or from a natural evolution of, a, of this virus in some kind of animal host. But it sounds to me like Biden has already written this off. The investigation I'm interested in has to do with Dr. Anthony Fauci's role in all things COVID. You know, Dr. Fauci isn't employed by the Center for Disease Control. He's in charge of a major federal grant organization, the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. He says his expertise is vaccine development. But despite his claims, he's got a terrible track record when it comes to vaccines. Remember how Joe Biden and Tony Fauci screwed up the epidemic of H1N1 in 2009? Thankfully, that naturally occurring viral attack died all by itself. They didn't really have to do anything. The fact that COVID-19 has been so perfectly lethal and long-lasting is one key reason many believe COVID-19 was man-made and not an accident of nature. Yes, if only Donald Trump were still president, Dr. Anthony Fauci would no longer be a federal employee, and Trump would have pushed to allow American citizens to sue China in court for damages. It's amazing how tangled and deceitful Dr. Fauci's been with all things covid Contrary to his claims, he never kept an open mind when it came to the origins of COVID-19. From the get-go, Fauci was an all-hands-on-deck taskmaster, set out to squash the lab leak theory of COVID-19's origins. He pushed the Mother Nature virus-animal evolutionary story very hard and very exclusively. This, in my opinion, came with a not-so-thinly-veiled implication that as the director of a giant source of medical research grants, virologists best tread carefully before they contradicted a Dr. Fauci opinion about COVID's ancestry. If only Donald Trump were still president, we wouldn't be concerned with how it came to be that only Dr. Fauci remained on Biden's COVID-19 healthcare task force after Biden became president. Now, we actually know why. Fauci played a key role while still working for the Trump White House 
in promoting Biden's in-your-face mask-wearing campaign that challenged Trump's apparent cavalier no-mask beliefs. This made Trump appear as if he was acting against medical advice by not wearing a mask even after he had had COVID-19. We know at that point Trump likely had lifelong natural immunity and that he wasn't any more likely to infect someone with COVID-19 than any one of us who's been vaccinated would. But Fauci uh, doesn't appear to believe that natural immunity counts for much. That's why he nor the CDC counted toward reaching herd immunity. But take comfort in knowing a lot of the practicing medical community, they don't agree with Fauci or the CDC Director Rochelle Walensky on any of these points. In any event, Fauci assisted Biden in making Trump appear incompetent to lead any fight against COVID-19. Finally, on the Tony Fauci story, if only Donald Trump were still president, he'd put a stop to Dr. Fauci's push to vaccinate our children with an emergency use only COVID-19 vaccine. When there's clearly no emergency but the risk of serious adverse effects, these are escalating. We're being misled by people who say the risks of children getting COVID-19 are worse than the risk from the vaccine. Well, this simply isn't true, and you can find hundreds of experts who are pushing back on this fallacy. First, there's the risk of getting COVID-19 in the first place if you're a child. Today, the risk is lowest because of the numerous adults that have already been vaccinated or either they've had COVID-19. And beside that, your child's been out there for 16 months with COVID circulating. If they haven't gotten it now, the, the risk is even lower just because of that. Then there's the risks of being sick enough to go to the hospital. This risk is also extremely small. Now, if your child is obese or has other high-risk factors, well, that's, that's a different risk. But the bottom line is that the risk-benefit equation for children says to wait until the vaccine is fully approved by the FDA, and that shouldn't be for some time now. Ironically, the World Health Organization has just come out with a recommendation to withhold COVID-19 vaccinations in young adults and children under the age of 18. But who a thunk it? I mean, still we have the CDC pushing to vaccinate children, and they're pushing for emergency use vaccinations for children even as, as, as young as six months old. Now, this, it's ridiculous. If only Donald Trump were still president, you'd know this isn't the way to handle China. The consequences and long-term impact of COVID-19 on Americans and America is several times the loss of 600,000 lives. Oh yes, our lives lost is by and far the greatest single loss. But the economic costs are immense. And these aren't, in, in the abstract, more than 450,000 small businesses have been crushed. Most will never return. Economists estimate that the pandemic cost each American family, on average, $200,000 over their lifetime. And America has borrowed more than $10 trillion from our future progeny to get us through these past 16 months. We likely could have gotten by with $6 trillion, but the Democrats had their own socialist agendas for spending. And regardless of Dr. Fauci's and the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, Role in funding gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology's lab, we have no assurance that China isn't developing similar viral bioweapons or that another lab accident 
isn't just right around the corner. The other costs we're paying for bigly have to do with how Joe Biden and the Democrat Party shamelessly exploited COVID-19 to scare Americans into believing that Trump was not competent in handling this pandemic. They also used COVID-19 to justify an unjustifiable and in most states unconstitutional mass mailing of unsecured ballots. This alone has riddled our faith in free and fair elections. The Democrats don't care, though, because they won. But now they know they can't pull this stunt again, so they've tried to unconstitutionally change our national election laws with H.R. 1 and S.R. 1, their For the People Act, which is really more like uh, For the Corrupt Democrat Politicians Act. Now, while H.R. 1 passed the House barely, thankfully it was defeated this week in the Senate. But Democrats will be back again and, and again and again with this poison legislation. And again, how did COVID-19 occur? Joe nor the Democrats are going to look that gift horse in the mouth. Aren't you suspicious that Joe silently shut down the Trump-originated State Department investigation into the origins of COVID-19? But we should all want to know exactly what China was up to because no one except Dr. Fauci is still whistling that Mother Nature origin song. If only Donald Trump were still president, we wouldn't find ourselves paying millions upon millions of dollars more to rejoin the Paris Climate Control Accords. Now, there's an exclusive club. You can see for yourself that Joe Biden enjoys the feigned European adulation. Joe's annual platinum membership fee to rub elbows among the global elites is unmentionably extravagant. But for us, the taxpaying financiers of Joe's club global memberships, these fees are minor compared to the cost of Joe's commitment to reduce our energy consumption and dismantle all fossil fuel use before the next presidential election in 2024. Now, Joe is determined not to find himself embarrassed come the next big European gala. After all, the Europeans are true green believers. So, the United States is going green even if we have to live in the dark and walk everywhere, just so Joe can keep peace with our American Marxists at home and the globalists in Europe. All this despite the fact we have the lowest carbon footprint among other highly industrialized nations on this planet. In, in fact, our carbon footprints are neonatal. They're baby-sized. Yet the Paris Accords allow China to build two, yes, I said two, new coal-fired energy plants each week. But I forgot, they're still a developing country. Yes, China is developing ways to rule the world and in short order. But Cho will be long gone before that happens, and honestly, I don't think he gives a damn what happens. There's one thing I do know for sure. Stupidity and arrogance love company. And last week's G7 meeting was a classic example of that axiom. You could say fools will go where fools have gone before. And Joe continues in his prior footsteps. So let me ask you, do you care if the French or Germans like Americans? Oh, I, I didn't say it wouldn't be nice if they did. But no amount of U.S. dollars or butt-kissing is going to change that equation. I mean, if you spent any time in Europe, you understand that Europe is subconsciously jealous of us and, and maintains a steady low-grade contempt for Americans. Uh, no, n not all of them, of course. It's just that I'm a glass-half-empty fella when it comes to most of Europe. 
and they loathed Donald Trump because he wouldn't play along with the game where, you know, America pays all the bills and we all stay friends. They get to play Germany first and France first, of course, Britain first, but America has to be a team first player. I do agree that it's important we're allies. That is, as long as they pay their NATO prescribed 2% of GDP each year. I'm still waiting for the French and Germans to hit that goal, of course. It just once would be nice. All Obama was able to accomplish in his eight years of presidency was bead bracelet swapping friendships with Europe. Remember, Obama was on an American apology tour for pretty close to eight years. After closely watching Joe's last week performance in Europe, I'm not optimistic about America ever being first again among the Europeans. Nevertheless, Trump got Europe to pay an additional $135 billion toward their delinquent NATO bills. Now, given I've already stumbled into talking about Joe's performance in Europe last week, let's review some of the events. His first stop was the G7 meeting in Britain with Prime Minister Boris Johnson, as host of the conference, of course. Let me play a clip of Boris Johnson welcoming the group as they all sat around a large round table. I sort of call this the King Arthur effect. This shows you the bizarre effect Joe has on the Europeans as they obsequiously stumble all over the place welcoming Joe back to the club of a globalist. We build back better. And I actually think that we have a huge opportunity to do that because as G7, we are united in our our vision for a cleaner, greener world, a solution to the problems of climate change, but also that we're building back better together and, and building back greener and building back fairer and building back more equal and, uh, how shall I, more, in, in, in a more gender neutral and perhaps like a more feminine way. How about that? Apart from anything else. My gosh. <laughs> well, Joe went to NATO to let NATO members know that he wasn't Trump and they wouldn't get in trouble if they didn't pay their 2% of GDP fair share. We're even increasing the number of American troops in Germany. From NATO, Joe went to Geneva to meet with President Putin. Now, the meeting was supposed to last five or six hours, but the eyeball-to-eyeball meeting, it broke up a little more than two hours into it. Jill Biden probably called it short, knowing that Joe still had to go before the American press for at least 30 minutes. Never mind that Putin did a two-hour news conference after the, after the meeting. I'm sure that Jill Biden was worried that if Joe got tired from talking trash with Putin, that the press conference would be littered with Joe's gaffes. I don't know if you saw the picture that was taken from behind Joe as he was speaking at the podium to the American reporters. The shot was very instructive. It showed Joe's teleprompter situated about 15 to 18 feet in front of him and off to the left side. It was one of those 85-inch 4K ultra-high definition LED flat screens with giant font lettering. I could even read the words all the way here in America. Apparently, all those complaints about Joe squinting to read his lines and flubbing them sent the White House out shopping for a fix. Now, despite the expense, Joe still said some pretty goofy things. Here's one clip. How could I be the president of the United States of America? How could I be the president of the United States of America? How could I be the president of the United States of America? That's a darn good question, Joe. 
Okay, when I first heard Joe say this, I, I thought he needed to have his batteries changed or something got stuck. But it was my recording equipment that triggered the three-peat. Yes, Joe only asked this question once, and it, I think it was meant to be rhetorical. Nevertheless, I enjoyed answering it in several different ways. But my wife says I can't share that with you, or I'll get in trouble like Joe always claims he's going to get in trouble with his people. But I wasn't fooling when I said that Joe said some very strange and lame things at the Geneva conference. Here's another one. Just uh, try, try this one on. We don't derive our rights from the government. We possess them because we're born, period. And we yield them to a government. Because that's what we are. That's who we are. The idea is we hold these truths self-evident. That all men and women, we haven't lived up to it completely, but we've always widened the arc. Uh, apparently, the big screen TV teleprompter didn't didn't help. Now, if only Donald Trump were still president, we wouldn't be experiencing a, a spike in inflation. Why? Because Trump would have never signed the Democrats' $1.9 trillion rescue plan. Remember, not one Republican voted for that heinous plan to steal from our children's future, to bail out blue states hopelessly in debt to union pension funds. And we wouldn't have the self-inflicted problem of folks making more money staying home and collecting unemployment as opposed to getting a job. Check this recent clip of Joe bragging that he got $1.9 trillion in relief money that's helping people stay home, unemployed, until employers decide to increase wages. Employers can't find workers. I said, yeah, pay them more. This is an employee's, employee's bargaining chip now. What's happening? I got them $1.9 trillion relief so far. They're going to be getting checks in the mail that are consequential this week for child care. The bill. When has it been the role of government to interfere with the alleged free market? When employers pay more in wages to offset the federal government paying them to stay home, these increased costs either drive employers out of business or the employers pass these wage increases on to you and me. And you know what happens? It's called inflation. It escalates. This is about the redistribution of wealth and it's pure Marxism. Well, let's take a breather. It's time for a break. The good stuff is all in the second 30 minutes of the show, so you all come back. I'll see you momentarily. In 2008, the amount of concentrated time people could spend on a task without becoming distracted was 12 seconds. Five years later, it was only eight seconds, one second less than a goldfish. If you find yourself always distracted or having trouble recalling information, you're likely to fall behind in the demanding, fast-paced 21st century. In other words, brain performance is more critical now than ever. Boost your brain power with Healthy Cells Focus Plus Recall. Science-backed nootropics to sharpen focus, concentrate longer, enhance recall, improve mental speed, learn rapidly, and be more alert. It's a pill-free brain supplement made with maximum absorption technology, designed to feed our brains at the cellular level. Take it for a test drive. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of Focus Plus Recall. That's HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Now, never before in our history have we witnessed the level of hatred 
that is now being waged against our law enforcement. While anarchist groups create havoc and overwhelm our first responders, these same groups and their corporate supporters are calling for the police forces to be shrunk and defunded. What can you and I do to make a difference? How can we stand up for what is right and to show our support? That's what I'm going to tell you about this incredible new platform. It's called ShopToTheRight.com. It's a new shopping platform that will help you find businesses that align with your values. They feature products made in America. They support veteran-owned businesses as well as our law enforcement community. This is a time when we need to stick together. We need to shop together and we need to support each other. It's time for you and I to make some noise and stand up to protect our country. And one easy way to do that is to shop and give our money to companies that don't seek to destroy our way of life. So join the fight for liberty. ShopToTheRight.com. Support those American businesses that support law enforcement and veterans. Is a record player the best way to listen to music? Of course not. So why are you still taking vitamins that haven't been upgraded since the 1930s? Even if your vitamins aren't hard to swallow, it's time to upgrade to Healthy Cells pill-free, patent-pending microgel supplements that work at the cellular level to boost immune health, sleep better, focus deeper, and stay younger longer. They taste great, convenient on the go, and they're more natural too, without chemical binders, fillers, and coatings. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of any product. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Listen on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. Greetings and hallucinations, and welcome back to the Frankly Daniel Show. If only Donald Trump were still president, the Second Amendment would be safe. This week, Joe Biden was back to squinting at his White House teleprompter as he railed against gun owners and mock citizens who own AR-15s. Here's a clip of Joe telling us that the Second Amendment doesn't mean what it says, and that if you think you're going to use those guns and you're going to overthrow the government with them, well, you just you bitches better think again. To own them. And I might add, the Second Amendment from the day it was passed limited the type of people who could own a gun and what type of weapon you could own. You couldn't buy a cannon. Those who say the blood of the the blood of patriots, you know, and all the stuff about how we're going to have to move against the government. While the tree of liberty is not water with the blood of patriots, what's happened is that there never been, if you wanted to think you need to have weapons to take on the government, you need F-15s and maybe some nuclear weapons. The point is that there's always been the ability to limit, rationally limit the type of weapon that can be owned and who can own it. Uh, so, Joe, tell us again that the Second Amendment was never guaranteed. You know, Joe, you said you could never own a cannon. I don't know that any of us have tried to purchase a cannon recently. I mean, have you? Personally, I like an Abrams tank for Christmas, but I probably couldn't afford the driver's insurance or the fuel costs. 
but it sure would come in handy on some of the NASCAR-like highways here in Florida. But in all seriousness, I ask, are AR-15s the problem we're having with crime in our riddled Democrat-controlled urban cities, counties, and states? I, I think not. Hate crimes in New York City, up 117%. Pickpocket crime in Austin, Texas, up 117%. Rape up 83% in Atlanta. Carjackings up 95% in Oakland. Auto theft up 83% in New Orleans. And arson, of course, arson, up 23% in L.A. None of these crimes involve guns. I can't believe some of the bizarre excuses I've heard from mayors of these cities as to why crime is bizarro in their cities. The, the mayor of Atlanta claims that Georgia was wrongly one of the first states to abandon Dr. Fauci's advised lockdowns. Georgia opened up during COVID-19 lockdowns, and people came from all over the country to party and commit uh, crimes, especially gun crimes. What? I mean, really, Mayor Bottoms? No, no, that's really her name, uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms. Now, now about that gun violence, uh, what about gangs and gun violence? Chicago this week, and you could pick any week, they really all look the same. But this week, they saw 38 shootings, 54 victims, eight people dead. No, actually, eight people are now dead. Yeah, body bag dead. If you listen to the president trying to read his teleprompter, it sounded like he said the problem with guns is that we're not doing we're not doing enough of them and we're not doing proper background checks before people who shouldn't own guns are getting their hands on guns. But whoever is advising the president on crime, and I don't know who it is, but whoever it is, his um, his Secret Service name ought to be Butthead. I mean, why has Chicago become the world's largest outdoor shooting range? Why is it safer to walk down the streets of Mogadishu than New York City? Um, Very good question, Senator Kennedy. Do you think the Chicago gang members, they bother to go through a background checks? For that matter, what about Hunter Biden's handgun lie on his federal firearms transaction record? Hunter purchased a handgun in October of 2018. Uh, you probably know that question 21E asks, quote, Are you a lawful user of or addicted to marijuana or any depressant, stimulant, narcotic drug, or any other controlled substance? Hunter, of course, responded no to 21E. Now, how do we know this? Well, Hunter was dating his dead brother's widowed wife, Haley Biden. She said Hunter became so unstable that she feared he'd misuse the handgun while in a narcotic fit or depressive episode. So she stole the gun out of uh, his uh, truck lockbox and she threw it in a garbage can uh, that was full to the brim at uh, Jansen's Elite Market. Uh, when the police, the FBI, and the Secret Service came to the scene later, she told them she was afraid Hunter would harm himself due to his drug and alcohol problems and their volatile relationship and that she... She was afraid for the kids, and she ditched the gun in a store trash container behind the store. Uh, police did recover the gun, and no charges were pressed as the Secret Service helped disappear the violations. Uh, but the story got out anyway. This is just one more of the Hunter Biden never-ending stories that social media buried along with anyone who tried to share this on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. But this Hunter Biden story serves as another example that background checks are only applicable to NRA members, conservatives, and other sane, lawful gun-owning citizens. 
It, it wouldn't be a Biden news conference, of course, on gun control if Joe didn't hammer AR-15 ownership. Now, here's an audio clip from Joe's recent scolding about the evils of AR-15s. Remember that Joe and Beto O'Rourke, uh, they promised uh, during the presidential uh, campaign that they were coming for our AR-15. So here's Joe's statement. No one needs to have a weapon that can fire over 30, 40, 50, even up to 100 rounds. Unless you think the deer wearing Kevlar vests or something. The Chicago shootings each week have nothing to do with deer hunting or deer wearing Kevlar vests, Joe. It's just another idiotic statement from the president about AR-15s, the common citizen's assault weapon, you know. Ironically, Joe got uh, such a kick out of this Kevlar vest line that he, he had to repeat it again. Here it is. They'll tell you there's no possible justification for having 100 rounds in a magazine of a gun. Like I said before, what do you think? The deer wearing Kevlar vest? Responsible gun owners will tell you that there are too many people today who are able to buy a gun but shouldn't be able to buy a gun. Hey, hey Joe, I think that would probably include Hunter. So let's talk New York City. Homicides are up 14% this year. Shootings are up 64% over last year's record-setting year. All with handguns. No AR-15s. Now, come on, Joe. Guns don't kill people any more than hammers, knives, rocks, arrows, or shovels do. Crime is not up, as the president seemed to indicate today, because of inadequate background checks. Crime is up because many, not all, but many members of the president's own party uh, believe in defunding the police. They ran on it. And in many cities, they've done it. Crime is up because many members of the president's own party want to turn cops into social workers. Uh, crime is up because many members of the president's own party think all cops are racist, including apparently the African-American police officers. Uh, crime is up because many members of the president's own party think that when a cop shoots a criminal, it's always the cop's fault. But when a criminal shoots a cop, it's always the gun's fault. Thank you, Senator Kennedy. I couldn't have said it better myself, and that's why I wanted you to say it. We know spoons and forks don't cause obesity. Believe it or not, hammers, yes, hammers are involved in more than 400 homicides each year in America. Conclusion? Hammers kill people. Let's confiscate all the hammers. The Second Amendment was never designed to protect your right to own a hammer. Of course, there are different sized hammers, and there are also power hammers, as you all well know. Perhaps the DOJ will come up with different penalties for different sized hammers, and we'll need to do background checks before you can actually own a hammer. Probably open carry laws for hammers is some is sometime off in the future, uh, except maybe in Texas. If only Donald Trump were still president, we'd still be energy independent, and gas would be a buck cheaper, at least. Moreover, Russia wouldn't have dared hack the colonial pipeline. If only Trump were still president, new oil and natural gas leases would be let by Trump's Interior Department to private companies to keep affordable energy supplies rolling in. But alas, we have a puppet in the White House. Speaking about pipelines, if only Trump were still president, the Keystone XL pipeline would still be moving along, and all those pipe fitters would still be employed. The Nord Stream 2 pipeline would still be languishing, and Europe would be buying natural gas from us instead of Russia. 
If only Donald Trump were still president, we'd have one million fewer illegal immigrants in the USA, and we'd still be a sovereign nation with a completed southern border wall. If only Trump were still president, we wouldn't have planetary record amounts of fentanyl smuggled into America, murdering hundreds of thousands of Americans each year. The Fed seized 4,800 pounds of fentanyl in 2020. So far this year, they've seized 7,500 pounds, and agents believe they're lucky to capture 30 to 40 percent of fentanyl coming into the U.S., nearly all of it crossing the border from Mexico. If only Donald Trump were still president, we wouldn't have Trojan horse Biden, who's well past his expiration date, and we wouldn't be worried about that harebrained Kamala Harris, who's only that proverbial heartbeat away from the presidency. Did you see where Camilla went uh, to the border? She went to El Paso, some 424 miles away from where all the illegal crossing action is happening in the Del Rio Valley area in Texas. She traveled with our most unfavored Homeland uh, Security Secretary, Alejandro Mayorkas. Now, you know, uh, Mr. Mayorkas is, uh, the border is closed. Don't come now. The border is closed. He is the Mr. Don't come. The border is closed. So, it's closed. Well, go ahead and ask me. How closed is the border? Okay, okay, Kamala, pipe down. The border is so closed that nearly 930,000 migrants, including almost 800,000 unaccompanied minor children, have illegally crossed the border into America in the past eight months. And as they say, that's a fact check. If uh, Donald Trump were still president, there wouldn't be a Biden to instruct his Department of Justice to create a new administrative law allowing any migrant to claim and be awarded asylum if they state they've been a victim of domestic abuse or any crime of violence. Hey, what a deal. You don't even have to provide proof. You just say so, and it is so. And you get immediate asylum, and you're on a fast track to citizenship. Hey, who needs to go the legal route anymore? If Donald Trump were still president, there wouldn't be an American Marxist running the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, That would be Secretary Mayorkas. Now, Mayorkas has been dipping into the COVID relief funds to travel unaccompanied uh, minor children from Central America to the States. Uh, Yeah, this is a no-no, but uh, like who's going to stop them? Uh, Here's how it works. Migrants here in the States are awaiting their asylum court date, but they have children back home in, in their home country, where they actually belong anyway. Our Department of Homeland Security will fly those children free of charge to be here with their parents or guardians to await their asylum hearing. These asylum court dates are years in the offing, so migrants and their children brought to the, brought to the states are, on our dime, they're really here permanently. Remember, Biden isn't hiring any more judges. There's a backlog of over 2 million asylum cases. Oh, and, and I almost forgot, Biden's going to lift Title 42 most likely in July. Now, this law allows border agents to turn away would-be single male asylum seekers because of the COVID-19 health care restrictions. Uh, when this happens, there won't be a reason to deny entry into this country for uh, an extra 60 to 80,000 males each month. But, but remember, the border is closed. Oh, and I almost forgot. 
Well, you're keeping that in mind, the Department of Homeland Security and the Department of Justice have decided that if you were denied asylum and returned to Mexico while Donald Trump was president, well, now you're welcome to return to the USA and await your asylum hearing here in America. What a deal! If only Donald Trump were still president, our Immigration and Customs Enforcement agents, also known as ICE, would be arresting illegal alien criminals instead of flying newly arrived migrants to new locations across the continental United States. ICE has been instructed to stand down on arresting illegal aliens, even those who've been through an asylum hearing and denied asylum by a federal asylum judge and told to voluntarily leave the country. Joe has plans for these migrants, obviously. The White House plan is to distribute migrants across America, making it more difficult to find them in the future should administrations change and deportations begin. Go figure. If only Donald Trump were still president. By the way, you can play this game at home. You start with the sentence uh, beginning there, if only Donald Trump were still president, and then you go around the table and each person adds their two cents to complete the sentence. Now, the person who can't come up with something is the person that loses. Uh, You can't use the same issue, problem, or event more than once. Even your liberal friends can play along. I mean, for instance, they can say, quote, if only Donald Trump were still president, we'd still be seeing those ridiculous tweets. But moving along with this theme, if only Trump were still president, as commander-in-chief, he wouldn't have stood down the military for critical race theory indoctrination. It's not the military's job to be woke But we have a neo-Marxist actor for president with a Benghazi Susan Rice as stage director and an African-American general as defense secretary. What do you think you're going to get? In six months, all I've heard about is the need for our military to stand down and get schooled up on lessons from racist critical theory authors about white privilege, white extremism, white fragility. All of these things add up to which, according to Christopher Wray, the wacko FBI director, is our nation's most serious threat, white extremism. We've got to really look out for that. Good to know it's not China, Iran, Russia, or North Korea. All we have to fear is our skin color and the heck with people's character. I mean, it's really all in the skin. If only Donald Trump were still president, every police department would be scrambling to see that all of their officers have new, top-of-the-line, body video cam equipment. Even now, there are officers buying their own equipment, especially if it's superior to what the department is offering. I mean, can you blame them? You know someone is going to blame, blame them, so they best be protected by video. Now, police unions are fighting hard to see that, that their cities and counties supply this type of equipment to the officers. Now, here's the thought. If only Donald Trump were still president, he'd support this for sure. He'd be looking for federal grants to see this equipment is available for every officer. Not the Biden administration, though. So stay with me as I move into this next thought plot. You'll see where I'm going in a couple of paragraphs or two. Parents have taken a front row seat in their children's classrooms thanks to Zoom instruction these past 16 months. Now, from what I'm seeing and reading about every day, Parents are extremely displeased with the civics lessons on race in America being taught to their children, especially as if this hog manure is somehow gospel truth. What am I talking about? I'm sure you know. It's critical race theory and all its euphemistic versions. 
They're being taught America began in 1619 instead of 1776. And now that Juneteenth is a national holiday, Black Independence is June 19, 1865. For the rest of us, it's still July 4th, 1776. Now, I have no problem with Juneteenth as a holiday, but we're supposed to be Americans, not black or white Americans. Critical race theory and the language-manipulated versions of the same evil are being used by neo-Marxist teachers and, and teachers' unions indoctrinating our children and, and our grandchildren. When did it become healthy to be taught your skin color determines your fate in America? As if Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. never lived. Shame for being white or black or brown or any color or shade in between. They're being indoctrinated with evil, psychologically constructed notions that they're subconsciously racist and they don't know it because their parents are also racist and they don't know it either. Let me play for you a few audio clips from a Washington Post. Yeah, that rag of a paper, you know, the one whose slogan is, Democracy Dies in Darkness. Assuming for a moment this is true, and given the way this paper reads each day, this slogan appears to be the Washington Post's mission statement, rather than their rally cry for light and for democracy's survival. Anyway, here's a short compilation of speakers who are involved with critical race theory. This new audiovisual program on the Washington Post website is called The New Normal, which is scary enough. Uh, listen to this compilation of real people talking about how they've bought into their racism. The biggest answer is white people don't really understand racism. <laughs> and so if I'm relying on other white people to teach me about racism, that can only go so far. I only best understand racism by talking to people who are directly impacted by racism from different perspectives. So in addition to having white accountability groups and white accountability buddies, it's also really important to have sustained and meaningful relationships with people of color. I am originally from a smaller town in Oklahoma. Whiteness was the default and whiteness was the comfort. The more you kind of dive into that, the more I'm really realizing how deeply rooted racism is into like my everyday thought process. No matter how much you work at that, there's still even almost more work to be done. When I sat down to listen to these clips, I was blown away. This stuff is like what you'd hear from cult members. My nerves already. Racism, racialization, white body supremacy is not episodic, it's structural. Remember that there were um, thousands of George Floyd before the one that you saw. Your bodily response to this, this horror, right, is not the same thing as you dealing with the structural aspects of this. George Floyd's death became a deeply personal and racial. Most of us in doing this work have experienced this where there's a period of deep shame for being white and for acknowledging the harm that our ancestors have caused. Well, I think you probably get the picture. So here's where the police experience with the body cams and the public and parents' needs, they cross, they cross, and cross-pollinate. We, we need, we must have, we're going to demand that, that every classroom in America is equipped with always online audiovisual cameras that stream classroom lessons to every parent or grandparent's home or workplace 
So parents can check in whenever they want to see what the heck's going on and what lessons are being taught. Now, this isn't breaking any new legal ground. After all, schools have been streaming lessons now for 16 months. There's no right to privacy being breached. This is, after all, called public education, isn't it? While watching the size of school board meetings attended soar, I know parents are they're really interested and involved like never before in what's, what's taking place in their children's classrooms and in their children's heads. You already know who's going to throw a major fit about this, of course. It's going to be the American Marxist teachers' unions. First, they say no. You could just count on that right off. And then they'll try to negotiate more pay for having to perform on camera. Uh, for all I know, they'll probably team up with the Screen Actors Guild or something like that. But this is a fight worth having. It's the way, it's the light. Parents leading the charge to take control of what our children and our grandchildren are learning. Let's see teachers roll out those, this is my body part, tell me about your body part, sex education cartoon booklets and video cartoons for our first and second graders. Let's see what lesson plans teachers are pushing on transgenderism. Again, we're paying for these services. From what I'm hearing from parents in other states that don't have new state laws like those in Florida and Texas about not teaching critical race theory or some version of this poison, it's about time we start filling out our customer satisfaction surveys and demanding changes. I don't think we need Dr. Fauci's permission for this. And for heaven's sakes, the CDC must get off of our children's faces. Stop with the mask nonsense already. The era of government control has got to be dialed back. It's got to be pushed back hard. Aren't you mad about being lied to by especially these idiots who call themselves progressives? Critical race theory is everywhere. It's rapidly becoming the new orthodoxy in America's public institutions, and yet most Americans have no idea where it comes from and what kind of society it envisions. This last clip is from Christopher Rufo, R-U-F-O, Christopher Rufo, R-U-F-O. Look his name up on the web. He has written extensively. He's got fabulous videos. Everything you'd possibly want to know about critical race theory that's practical and I'd love to do this an hour myself, but it is done so well by Rufo. I really encourage you to take a look. Unquestionably, there are 20 other major things I can think of that would be to our psychological, our physical, and our financial benefit if only Donald J. Trump were still president. I think we got a good start today, but our time is coming to an end. There's so much more to come. So much more to come next week. And so much more to say. Lord willing, I will return next week. I have regrets that I have only one life to give to my fellow conservatives. And I regret that I had only one hour to give to this topic. I hope you found, if only Donald Trump were still president, informative. Please follow me on Twitter. I do follow back. You can find me at DFB Harvard. That's Daniel Francis Baranowski. Those are the initials. DFB Harvard. All one word. I can't possibly thank you enough. You were marvelous and so patient with me again today. Let's do talk therapy again next week. Same place, same time. Until then, cheers and blessings. Mm-hmm.